0: We're continuing our series of Keep Calm and Carry On. And if you've missed anything, you can catch up um, via our website, on Facebook, on YouTube. And you can also check it out via audio just alone if you want on our podcast as well. Um, but it, it is very much a our... our, our, our kind of call at the moment I feel from God for us to keep calm and carry on and the only way that we can truly keep calm and carry on is in him and focusing on him it's not just about that kind of stiff upper lip or pulling us up ourselves up from the bootstraps or anything like that it's about truly focusing in on God and letting him by his spirit minister to us and strengthen us and equip us that we could in fact keep calm in what feels like a very chaotic world that we could in fact carry on when it seems almost impossible to do so sometimes And and as a linchpin, if you will, for this series is our verse for the year, which is uh, Romans 12, 12, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction and faithful in prayer. And last week we unpacked that kind of first phrase of that, that first part of it, which was be joyful in hope. And we saw that, that the hope of which we speak, the hope that which we are unpacking, the hope that we have as Christians is not, is, is not just kind of a, a desire of maybe possibly something good in the future, but it's actually rooted in the foundation of who God is and what He's already done. And so we have a, a confident certainty that whatever is coming is in Christ. Whatever is coming is good. So we hold on to that hope. We have hope for the eternal but we also know that God is working not just in the eternal, but before that as well. So we have hope for the future and we rejoice in that. We have joy in that hope based on who God is, based on what he's already done and based on who he has shown himself to be. Based on that, we don't have to be unsure of the result of hope. Rather, we have a confident expectation and desire for good in the future. Hope as we defined it last week. And so today we're going to tackle that second phrase, being patient in affliction. But for that, let us dive into our starting point, which is Scripture, which is in fact Romans 12. And we're looking again at verses 9 through 21, which is kind of the the, the full section, the sandwich section of where our verse for the year sits in the middle. And Romans 12, starting at verse 9, says this, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it's mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, he will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Oh, Amen. What an amazing reading. And there's so much in this. And in our first week, we started with Romans 12, 1 and 2. We said at the very beginning of Romans 12, reminding ourselves of, of our 2020 verse for the year. And maybe you need to be reminded of that. Maybe you need to be encouraged of, of how, how God's calling you to give everything that you have to worship him and live a life of sacrifice, a life of worship. That your life would be that worship, that sacrifice to him. And we're possibly going to come back to that and touch on a few more things. I feel that God might be hang, ha- having us hang out in this bit of Scripture for a little while. But, but today, we're going to focus in on that second phrase of our verse for the year. But I, I can't just jump straight in there without really addressing kind of our intro into that verse. Talking about our, our, our love being honest, about being sincere in our love. I believe that we as Christians are called to, full stop, be truly sincere with our love. But I think in these strange times, even more so. I think in these strange times, there, there's an even greater need for us to love sincerely, for us to bless and not curse. There's an even greater need for us to truly, as far as it depends on us, get on with everyone, love everyone. There's so much division in the world, y'all. There's so much division in our villages, in our country, in our whole planet, but we see that as far as it depends on us, we should live peacefully and lovingly. We should be loving our enemies, blessing them, those who oppose us. We should be loving and encouraging one another. We should be lifting up others above us, above ourselves. And if you're watching this and you're feeling challenged, it's okay, so am I. I'm not saying this from a place of, oh, I've got it sorted, guys, be like me. Starting from a place of, hey, we've got some work to do. Everybody does. But I believe God is asking us to really check ourselves. To focus our eyes back on Him and, and recognize the love that He has for us that we have to share with others. Recognize the, the peace that we're called to bring. Recognize the, the unity that we're called to bring. Recognize the blessing we're meant to be. But perhaps I digress. Perhaps not. Because in the midst of this amazing scripture, which talks about love, which talks about, you know, how we're called to bless and how we're called to kind of step in unity and not step against those, even those who are against us. In the middle of that, we read our verse for the year. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. And it's almost as if God, you know, when, he, when he's giving, inspiring Paul to write this letter, it's almost as if he wanted us to know that he knows, that God knows how hard it is. To be sincere in love. How hard it is to bless those who persecute you. How hard it is to, as far as it's up to us, live peaceably with everybody. And he's kind of saying, actually, in the midst of this, you need to be reminded, church. You need to be reminded that it's going to be so, I'm asking you to do loads of stuff, which is really difficult. And in the middle of that, you need to be joyful in hope. Because there's going to be moments where you're going to feel like there's no hope. But guess what? There's hope in me. Be joyful in it. And you need to be reminded in that moment to be patient in affliction. Because affliction is coming. And also, you need to be faithful in prayer. It's almost as if God knew, right? Of course he did, because he's God. So he doesn't just challenge us. He doesn't doesn't just convict us to say, hey, do these things. He says, also in the midst of it, I know it's going to be rough. I know you're going to struggle to love Adrian, because he's a jerk sometimes. But you're called to. I know that there's going to be people around you that are going to really test you. They're going to oppose you, that you don't really want to stand for or encourage or bless. But you have to. Hey, guess what, church? I know that it's gonna be really tough to be in the middle of this pandemic. This affliction that is hitting, but you need to be patient in it. You need to be faithful in prayer. Come to me every day, moment by moment, and pray. So we see that right off the beginning. We see that we're called to be patient in affliction. That that is that is part of our verse for the year. That that is we're we're called to be patient. And what I find really interesting, if you look at these three phrases in our verse for the year joyful in hope, faithful in prayer, uh, and patient in affliction, these three very much are similar, yet very different. Especially this week's is slightly different. Joyful in hope kind of has this, this doing something feel. yeah. So there's this idea of we have to be joyful. So that based on our hope, based on what we're maybe stepping into, we, God, you know, we hold on to this hope that, that Christ is the hope of the world, that actually we have this um, um, hope, this, this assurance of the future. But we have to choose to believe it. We have to choose to hold on to that hope. And that hope in itself will generate joy, but we have to choose to live in that hope. And, and being faithful in prayer, we're going to talk about a bit more next week. But, but actually, stepping into prayer, we have to choose to step into prayer. And we have to choose to be faithful to step into prayer. But being patient in affliction, we have to choose to be patient. But we don't have to choose to be in affliction. Affliction just happens, right? We, we, we don't get, no, I don't think anybody woke up this morning going, I know what I want to do today. I want to be in affliction. I want everything to go wrong for me. I want to be in the middle of the poo. (laughs) None of us hope for that. None of us wake up desiring that. And so the the, the fact is that the matter is is, is, is something that's done to us, something that we have to live through. And it's also something that we can't get away from. Affliction happens. And you might be thinking, well, but why? Why? I just want to simply follow Jesus and be, be happy. I want to live an uncomplicated, filled, non-affliction-filled life. I just want it to be simple, Adrian. Well, I'm sorry, but I don't want to burst your bubble. But the truth is, I'm going to because Jesus himself teaches it's going to get rough. <laughs> Because in John 16, 31 through 33, it says this, and this is Jesus speaking. He says, Do you believe, Jesus replied, a time is coming and in fact has come when you will be scattered each to your own home. You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. And he keeps on going. And this is kind of towards, you know, the, the challenge to the, to, the, to the disciples that he's speaking to. And he says, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. In this world, you will have trouble. Jesus says, Jesus' words, these are not words that somebody else said, that somebody possibly attributed to Jesus. This is what Jesus himself is saying to his disciples, to those who love him and follow him and are clinging on his every word. And if I'm going to call myself a follower of Jesus, if I'm going to call myself a Christian, then I have to cling to his every word. And I, if I'm going to cling to his every word, I have to do something with that. Because Jesus says to me, he says to you as a follower of Jesus, trouble will come. Not maybe, not perhaps. Or if you do this, it'll come. No, it will come. Regardless, it will come. That's rough. And in other parts of scripture, we read how he says that, that we're going to face persecution. That we're going to face persecution beyond what he faced. That even as, if they persecuted him, how much more would they persecute us? I mean, it's, it's rough, y'all. It's intense. So there's affliction. There's trouble. We're promised it. <laughs> it will come. And so either we think that Jesus is a liar, and if we dismiss that, we dismiss all of that Jesus said because he can't, he's, he's Jesus, right? Like he can't lie once and not. But if we take Jesus for who he is, he cannot lie, that he is perfect, that he is sinless, that he has spoken truth, and he has told us we will have trouble, affliction. It's rubbish, but it's going to happen. And here we read in Romans that we're called to be patient in it. And, and oftentimes I hear people say, well, why is God doing this to me? Why is he doing this to us? Why is God? But the, but the truth is, Affliction isn't a sign of God's anger in the lives of his children, but it's rather a sign of his grace. Let me me just say that one more time. Affliction isn't a sign of God's anger in the lives of his children, but rather it's a sign of his grace. We see that through affliction, God shows up over and over and over again. He pours out his grace and by his grace we are redeemed, we're forgiven, we're taken care of. Now, you might be sitting there going, mm, I don't know that I can believe that yet, Adrian. I don't, what, what, what proof do you have? Well, let's look at Job. Look at the story of Job. Job is one of the most difficult books to read, I believe, not because of the words, not because of the language, or, or because it's dry, or it's just a list of names, or it's dates, or anything like that. It's one of the most difficult books to read because you see Job, this faithful, God-loving, God-fearing servant of the Lord, who says, hey, I'm yours, God. And he's put through absolute everything. He's put through the ringer. Trial after trial where he loses his friends, he loses his family, he loses everything around him. And this all happens because God says, well, yeah, he loves me. Go for it. You're going to test him? You're going to go for him? He tells the devil, you're going to go after him? Go for it. He'll stand. He'll be fine. God allows it. But in it, there's grace after grace. In it, there's God sharing who he is through it all. And we see Job again repeatedly hit from, with, with illness, loss of family, friends, all sorts of stuff. People turning against him. Job loss. I mean, it's just poo. There's no other word for it. That's what it is. And you might be feeling the same thing about some of the things in your life right now. You might not be using the cleaner version, but hey, life is rough sometimes. And sometimes that's like, you know, to say the least, that's what it feels like. But by God's grace, through Job's patience and his faith, he perseveres, he pushes through, and he comes out the other side. It's a rough book to read, but I encourage you to dive in and do a, read, do a study of Job. And in our Romans passage, we see that we are called to be patient, to persevere, to keep on pushing through. That word patient, though, that, that word patient in the Greek is actually the word hypomeno. And it actually literally means to remain. If translated literally, we are told to remain in affliction. Now just take a second, take a second to to let what Paul, like what God through Paul is saying to us. Hey, church, remain in affliction, remain in the struggle, remain in the rubbish, stay there. I'm sorry, what God? You said, you said, what? No, 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 God. I, I want to get out. I want to be done. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm ready to get out of the affliction. There's a theologian, um, Nguyen, who, who's, best, who's been quoted to say this. A waiting person is a patient person. The word patience means the willingness to stay where we are and live the situation out to the full in the belief that something hidden there will manifest itself to us. Maybe, maybe read it one more time. Just let those words sink in. A waiting person is a patient person. The word patience means the willingness to stay where we are and live the situation out to the full in the belief that something hidden there will manifest itself to us. I find that really powerful. But I would probably add to that quote, I'd probably say that that God reveals to us that something hidden. As we are waiting in that, as we are remaining in that, God reveals that that, that lesson, that that perseverance, that strength, and whatever it may be, the sharpening, the molding, God brings that hidden thing to manifest. It doesn't just happen. I believe it's God that does that. But there's this sense of remaining, of waiting, of being in it. You see, as we stay in it, as, 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 we, as we live through it, we are strengthened. We are equipped. We're better prepared for what is yet to come. We read in James... James 1, 2, 3, 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Pause. What? Consider it pure joy? So now I have to stay and have to remain in affliction, but now I have to also consider it joy when I'm in this affliction, when I'm in these trials? Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You see, we see that the testing of our faith produces perseverance. Man. I bet you our faith is being tested right now. I mean, I don't know about you, but I know that there have been plenty of conversations I've had and moments I've had myself where I'm like, this is rough, God, come on. Come on, let's let's finish this up. Lord, you are greater, you are mightier. Come on, let's be done. Let's finish. What, what, what are you doing, God? Just, just be done. And in those moments, in those moments, I hear God and I feel God say, keep going, focus on me, keep praying, keep pushing, keep seeking, stay where you are as long as your eyes are on me. I got you, Adrian. And you know what? Let me let you into a little secret. (laughs) Maybe obvious one. He's not just saying that to me. He's got you. He's got all of us. He wants us to focus our eyes on Him and to say, hey, you are in it right now. But while you're waiting there, have faith in me. Push into me. Hey, get to know me better. Dive into my word more. Pray more. Talk to me more. Let's do life more, church, with God. And as we do that, our faith Producing the testing of our faith, which is, it's being pushed. It's easy to have faith if it's all happy and dandy and easy. It's easy to have faith when, when we're not being persecuted, when we, don't ha- when we can meet easily, we can do what we want to do every week. It's easy to have faith when everything goes the way we want it to be. If it goes the way I want it to, of course it's going to be easy. But The testing of our faith. The testing of our faith to say, hey, we can still be church. We can still be God's people, even though we can't meet physically. The testing of our church is saying, hey, I'm confined to my home, but I will still find ways to worship him and praise him and to talk about him. I will still find ways to spread the gospel. I will still find ways to love those who are against me. I will still find ways to love those who are with me. I'll elevate others above myself. Hey, there's a testing faith, but that produces perseverance. And again, it produces perseverance that that would give us wisdom that we would not lack anything. Anything. It's the Word. It's the Word of God. I'm not making this up. I'm just reading some of the Scripture to us. Our testing of faith produces perseverance so that we would not lack anything. And additionally, according to James, we must consider it again pure Joy when we're experiencing trials. I don't know about y'all, but mm, that's not something that happens with me often. <laughs> I've shared openly with you guys and beyond that actually the last few months have been rough. And I had a call from somebody earlier this week that said, hey, you know what? I get that they've been rough, but you got to name it. You got to pray into it. You got to come on, just like step up and go. Let God work in you. And I was like, yeah, yeah I know you're, you're right. And they weren't the first person to say it to me. But it was maybe the first time that it cut through the noise. It cut through the noise that I... That I I have to be joyful, hey, you know what? It's rough, but I'm, I'm joyful in it because i got God, I'm focusing on Him. And while everything may seem rough around me, it doesn't matter because I know that I believe in a God who is in control. I believe in a God who's got it all in hand. So bring it. Hey, I'm gonna learn something new through this. God's gonna mold me and chip away at me and let's go, God, let's keep going. I know that this is heavy stuff, y'all. I know that this is heavy. I mean, really heavy sometimes, because we don't like affliction. We don't like rubbish like that. I get that. I get that you're possibly even watching this and kind of going, dude, back off. I'm done. I want a break. I I get that. I get that, church. Please hear that. I get that. I'm with you. But we got to turn to his word and we got to truly unpack what he's saying and if we believe that he is who he says that he is, and he's telling us, hey, stay in that affliction, remain in that affliction, turn to me, focus your eyes on me. In one respect, what we're talking about here is kind of fight or flight. In one respect, I believe that generally that, that, that be patient in, in affliction, that, that remain in affliction is kind of God saying, hey, stand and fight. And, and my instinct, I mean, I'm a big guy, but I, I'm not, I'm a passive. So I'm not a fighter. I probably have a bit more flight in me than, than, than I'd a lot cared to have in some situations. Amanda tends to tell me otherwise. I don't know. Maybe I've grown into becoming a bit more of a fight person than a flight person, but I think sometimes our instinct is to flight, to just run. But hey, God is saying stay. Stay. Fight. And staying in it is gonna produce that perseverance. But again, I've always said, and and some of you guys might be hearing this going, I just can't do it, Adrian. I'm like, of course you can't. Neither can I. We cannot do it on our own. We cannot do it in our own strength. I always say, we cannot do it in our own strength. We need to do it with God with us, by the power of His Spirit. Patience is not something that you just simply achieve, but rather it's a fruit that grows. It's a fruit that grows. Now, we turn to Galatians 5, through 23. And some of you who've been around for a while are going to automatically have a song that's just hit your head and you might be really annoyed with me and I apologize because that song is really catchy and quite annoying at times. But it's a great way to remember the fruit of the Spirit. However, Galatians 5, through 23 says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, also known as Patience, but we're gonna talk about that in a second. Peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. That word forbearance in the Greek is actually macroth I'm gonna say it wrong, macrothamaya or macrothemia, which literally translates to patient self-control. Patient self-control. Patient, being able to control oneself, being able to be calm and waiting in that moment. Patience, patience. And not just simple like patience to withstand anything around us, but patience. Patient self-control. To be able to control ourselves. And that is a fruit of the Spirit that as we allow God by His Spirit to work in us, we will see things like love and joy and and peace and kindness and goodness. But we're also going to see this... Patient self-control come up. And, and we automatically always think of self-control as being about self-control in, in one manner, sexually or, or, or gluttony-wise. Or, but it's not what it's referring to. It's patient self-control about being patient with oneself, being patient with that around us. It is a gift, a, a fruit of the Spirit that as God works in us, we become more patient, that we can forbear our situations, that we can forbear where we are and what we're doing. Self control in our situations. And so, in the middle of turmoil, in the middle of affliction, as we receive from God, as we grow in the fruit of the Spirit, as we have God working in us, we can have patient self control. We can have patience in affliction. And it's, not, it's, it's to stay and stand and keep on going, it's a fruit of the Spirit. And like any fruit, it grows and develops and is ready when taken care of. You're not going to have fruit of the Spirit if you're not diving into God's Word, if you're not praying, if you're not allowing Him by His, by His Spirit to water you, to feed you. It's like any plant. I'm not, I'm not a great... <laughs> We've had this conversation before. I'm not overly green-thumbed. But I do know that if I want to see a plant grow, I need to, yes, plant a seed, but I need to water it. And if I want to see fruit come of it, I need to take care of it. Not just water it once, but i got to keep on coming back to it. i got to maybe move it locations. Give it sun when it needs sun. Give it shade when it needs shades. I need to be making sure it's taken care of. And it's the same thing with you and me and God. We need to be making sure that we are taking care of ourselves and our relationship with Jesus. We need to be diving into his word daily. Not just daily, but several times a day. We need to be praying on a regular basis. We need to be like crying out to him, allowing him by his spirit to work in us. It is only then that we see the fruit of the Spirit. And so, if you're struggling to, to love somebody, if you're struggling to find joy, if you're struggling, then let me just encourage you that the way you're going to do that is allow God by His Spirit to work in you. Dive into His Word. Pray. It's not, you can't force love. You can't force peace or joy or kindness. Or, it is a fruit of the Spirit. And I also just want to maybe take this. Maybe take this opportunity to remind, and, and, and I'm coming in sort of-ish to land, so don't worry. We're not going too too much longer. A few minutes, perhaps. I want to remind you that as we allow Him, you know, God, by His Spirit to work in us and through us, that we can, in fact, make it through Anything. If you're going to try and take on the world, take on pandemic, take on your finances, your financial situation, take on your sin by yourself in your own strength, you're going to fall short. You're just going to, I hate to break it to you, but there's only so far. And some of us will go farther than others. Some of us will have enough kind of natural human strength that we will go and we will find. But but you're not going to make it all the way through. But as you let God work in you, and you let Him work through you, as you let Him equip you, you can. Let me say this again really clearly. You can make it through. And let me remind you that like right now, there is a way through affliction. There is a way through what we are living right now. I promise you there is. I promise you there is. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it looks like. But I know that there is a way. I know that as we are patient in our affliction, as we are remaining in it, as that fruit of the Spirit, of patient self-control, of allowing me to grow in patience, to journey it, to strengthen, I know that there is a coming out of the affliction. Over the last year or so, um, there's been this, this illustrated book uh, that has taken kind of the world by storm. It's entitled um, The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse. And it's by a co- I'm going to butcher his surname, apologies, but it's by a guy called Charlie Maxi Maxie or McKessie? I'm not entirely sure. Uh, but it's a, it's a beautiful illustration of the journey of life. And, and in it, one of the illustrations that you'll find is this. These are dark clouds. Those are dark clouds, said the boy. Yeah. But they will move on. Said the horse, "The blue sky above never leaves. <laughs> not so long ago, um, I, I went for a workout, and um, and I, I, I kind of share some of these videos of me, you know, kind of post to try to encourage others and help, hold me accountable and things like that. And this particular day, uh, it was in the middle of December. It was incredibly wet and dreary. It was horrible. It was foggy. It was like it was it wasn't misty. It was like I could not see in front of me barely. Just standing in it, I was getting wet just by like being engulfed in it. And that same day that I released this video going, oh my gosh, it was a hard work," It was absolutely miserable outside. That same day, a good friend of mine, Gareth Squance, who many of you know, he's helped out with some of the videos and stuff like that here at the church. Gareth Squance, that day, felt it kind of a prod by God before he'd even seen my video, separate to it. In fact, possibly at the same time, he felt a prod to put up his drone. And he released a video Of the drone going from ground level just straight up. And he went through the mist, the fog, the clouds, through the darkness. And as he bust through the top of the cloud, there was this beautiful, amazing, glorious sky as the sun was rising. And in that video, he said, hey, above all the darkness, above the the rubbish, above everything you cannot see beyond, there is light. Once you break through, there is glory. I believe that that is a massive reminder that we need to hear, that we read in this book. Those are some dark clouds, said the boy. Yes, but they will move on, said the horse, the blue sky above never leaves. You see, that day there was a reminder for me from Gareth that that beautiful sunshine, that beautiful sky was always there. I just couldn't see it. And that's reflective of sometimes, I think, our situations right now. We cannot see beyond a pandemic. We cannot see beyond our finances. We cannot see beyond our broken relationships. We cannot see behind our own sin, behind us feeling trapped. And, and I want to tell you right now that there is a beyond. There is beyond a light. There is a moment, a place of glory beyond that. I don't know when you'll get there. I don't know when we'll get there for some of it. But I know that in God, in Christ, there is. There is another side to COVID-19. There's another side to depression. There's another side to financial difficulties. There's another side to health issues. Yes, it will require patience and affliction for us to stay and fight in it. And and it may take a long time. We don't know. I don't know. You don't know. Only God knows. And And it also may not look the way we expect it to or imagine it to or want it to. It may look different from what our brains are telling us it will. But in allowing God to work in us and through us, We can take it day by day in allowing him to do his work and produce fruit in us. We can be patient in affliction moment by moment. Let us again be reminded that we have a hope. We have hope, that confident expectation and desire for good in the future. that That is a good, there is good in the future. There is breakthrough, there is amazingness, there is glory yet to come. And if you don't believe me, well, again, we, we look back at, at the story of Job. After all the rubbish, after everything he'd been through, the whole life of pain, of affliction, of trial, we read this in Job 42, 10 through 12. After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before. All his brothers and sisters and everyone who had known him before came and ate with him in the house. They comforted and consoled him over all the the, the trouble the Lord had brought on him. And each one gave him a piece of silver and a gold ring. The Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the former part. (sighs) Not only was there glory, not only was there like, oh, wow, a moment of, but there was blessing beyond what he'd already had. Now, I don't know what it will look like. I'm saying this again and again because I don't want you to be like, Adrian, you said, and what does it look like? I don't know. I would never be bold enough to speak that because I am not God, but what I do know is that there is breakthrough. I do know that there is glory on the other side. I do know that as you go above the clouds, there is still a beautiful blue sky with a sun shining in it. I know, I know. Because I know that there is something good and greater yet to come, and it will come. When? I don't know, but it will. So we are patient as our faith is tested. We grow in perseverance. That is the truth as we have God's character and His Spirit. As we know His character and we know what He's done, we know that there's truth yet to come. And so we allow God to work with us and in us by His Spirit. We can be patient through it all, knowing that the best is yet to come. That is truth. truth. So the question is, are you being patient in your affliction? Because we're called to. And I believe God has given us his first so that we could stand together in love, encouraging one another that we would be patient, that we would wait, remain in the affliction until he draws us out. But that we would be able to do so, literally allowing that fruit to be overflowing from us almost as we focus our eyes on Him. It is only by what God is doing in us and through us that we can, in fact, keep calm and carry on during our afflictions. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank You so much that You are an awesome God, that You are a God of love, of grace, of mercy, and I thank You, God, that that through all the afflictions, through it all, Lord, You are, in fact, in control but Lord, I pray that as we, as we remain in our situations, Lord, the, the global ones, the national ones, the church ones, the local ones, whatever they may be, that as we remain in these afflictions, God, that we would so have our eyes focused on you, that we would not miss anything that you say or do, Lord, that we would allow you by your Spirit to work in us. Lord, that we would be able to truly grow and bear that fruit of your Spirit, that patient self-control, to remain where we are knowing that we have hope, knowing that there is yet good to come, that there is still a glorious moment yet to become, that we may not know, we may not see, but Lord, we know it is there and we trust you for it. And so in our rubbish, in our affliction, in our pain, in our moments, Lord, would you by your spirit equip us and encourage us to stay faithful, to stay focused on you, to work on a relationship with you, to dive into your word, to pray regularly to go deeper and deeper and deeper. That we would, in fact, be able to rejoice in our trials, in our tribulations, in our suffering. That we would, in fact, be able to have joy in the hope that we know we have in you. And Lord, that we would be able to truly love sincerely and encourage one another and hold one another up, even above ourselves. That we would be the people that you've called us to be. By your spirit, we know we can do it because all things are possible with you. And so Lord, we ask for more of you and less of us. In Jesus' precious and awesome name, amen.